This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White here with Carol Palmer. We'll be your guys today. And also joining us, the Lebanese Breeze, Joe Sherman, is in the studio. Can you believe that it's already October? Fall season is slowly getting into place. The State Fair has all set up and ready to rock at the fairgrounds. The, the flavors of fall are upon us, including, Carol, pumpkin spice. We got football. We got tailgates. We got barbecue in the yard. We're burning leaves. Things are good. It's almost autumn. Good morning, America. It's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. We got hot tamales. We got red hots, and we got them for sale. They're for Is that sale. Robert Johnson, the great Robert Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Mighty good. Really uh, one of the the fathers of the blues, although he died in his early 20s. Yeah, sometimes shot fathers die Shot over a woman, young. I know. Uh-oh. He was Things shot happen. over a woman in a nightclub in, in Baptist Town. Greenwood. Yeah, That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, uh, Java. Uh, Carol, welcome back. I know you're out of town uh, last week. We had a big time with Enrica. We interviewed uh, the woman down in uh, Hazel, I'm sorry, not Hazelhurst. Yeah, Brookhaven. Brookhaven. I always get those two towns flipped for some reason. Dale Gray, a woman uh, born and raised in South Africa, lived in South Korea, and now lives in the great American South. I call that multicultural. Man, it was good. It was very good. Beautiful book she's got out called South of Somewhere. So check <laughs> it out. Uh, really great book. In fact, it's at Lemuria, and it's one of the staff picks at Lemuria. So it's easy to find when you walk in the front door. It's right there to your left where the staff uh, highlights books that they're reading. Really beautiful book, really full of great recipes, nice cultural blending of South African, South Korean, and the great American South. So that was good. And we're blending this morning. You know, we were having a, a text conversation last night, and I mentioned that Joe Sherman had uh, been in Greenwood last week, and I'd seen some posts, and guess what? Here he is. You understands so, your uh, Lebanese breeze. He's yeah, right here so with we're, us. We are, we are certainly multicultural. No and, doubt about it. Yeah, and Joe will hear about Greenwood in a little bit. But we, we love it that you are always sitting on go. Look, I'm Whenever ready. We I'm always, I always have something to talk about. The third leg, <laughs> the third leg of our, the third our, our leg. legacy. <laughs> our legacy. Yeah. Okay. Of the culinary so, school. <laughs> cool. So I just wanted to uh, shout out this morning uh, – Jason Klein, the longtime director of radio, uh, has moved on. He's no longer with MPB uh, Think Radio. Uh, But, you know, Carol, I don't know about you, but I get a text every uh, Monday morning about 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's a text. It it contains our Our script. Our script, yep. And it comes – it has historically come from our producer. But this morning I noticed something different about the text. It came from the director of radio. So a big shout-out and congratulations to Java Chapman, now the director of radio at 
Mississippi Public Broadcasting That's Think awesome. Radio. Oh, right. that, that little, uh, what is that, a signature? It's a your signature. E- your email signature. Right on. Yeah, it's kind of big and bold. I don't, I'm going to have to get used to it. I'm going to have to get used to it. Well, well you're, Java, big, and you're big and bold. You're big and bold. So, and, and it's fine for you to be director of radio as long as you keep producing us. What do you think, right. Malcolm? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think back to four and a half or so years ago uh, after – uh, this show, which had been on the air for a while, Deborah Hunter was the host. She was doing a fabulous job, and she moved aside. And I went to see Jason Klein and Java Chapman, and I said, "Hey, I got an idea. What if Carol Palmer and I take over the show?" And y'all said yes, and here we are. So, shout out to Jason for the long, hard work that he's put in here at MPB. Out to Java for your new position, and again, thanks to Deborah Hunter who preceded us as the host of the show. Well, there, that's a lot of thanks, Malcolm. It's a whole lot of thanks. Thanks to Malcolm for um, having the, the control room smelling like uh, some good bacon this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been spreading the Benton bacon around All this right. morning. Yeah. You know, if we had known, only known Joe would be here. Yeah, right. I was one bag short. Uh, I know, yeah, I could I, tell. Joe. Yeah, Java and I are not sure. I wasn't going to our... say anything because, you but know, you, there you sits Joe it. without his bacon. It. That's okay. I, I'll okay, get something. Okay, so let's remind our listeners of the greatest bacon in the whole world. It is... Benton's Bacon from Madisonville, Tennessee. Our good friend Alan Benton smokes that bacon. He also has country ham. He has a prosciutto slice of country ham, and um, he's been doing it the old-fashioned way for a very long time. And chefs all over the world, from Japan to Europe, import his um, his bacon his and meat. and. Uh, to to call Alan Benton and order bacon, you will be calling to a rotary phone <laughs> in his shop. It's right. old school, but uh, give him a call, and they are on the Internet. So I'll be looking forward to uh, hearing how y'all prepare yeah, this how bacon. How did you score you that bacon? Well, we ordered a whole box of it when we order it. So I get a whole box, which I think is one, two, three, four, five, maybe six slabs or uh-huh. envelopes of it which I share I thought well I'm going to share it. just sharing the love I, I, I really it. appreciate I, it I like <laughs> I mean, so what's going sharing on in your kitchen caring. besides sharing. bacon sharing is caring well uh, my wife cooked a delightful dinner last night she worked so hard during the week we rarely eat at home or, or rarely have home cooked meals except on the weekends because I'm lazy and uh, <laughs> she's busy so but last night she cooked uh, she took chicken breast and uh, pounded them out just ever so slightly and then marinated them in feta cheese brine, which we had oh, really? mentioned once before, but I don't know that we any of us had ever tried it. So we tried it last night, uh, about two hours before she panned it, cooked it in a beautiful cream sauce with uh, sun-dried tomatoes and spinach, cream, butter, onions. It was really, really nice, and we put that over... Uh, Polito Pasta. And for those of you who don't know, Polito is a new Italian restaurant here in Jackson at the Bellhaven Town Center. And they make all of their pasta fresh and homemade. And they sell it outside the restaurant in the little store next door, Beans and Bananas. You can go in there. Every Tuesday, they bring fresh pasta in. And you can order boxes of their 
homemade pasta, and all you have to do is take it home and boil it for three minutes. Three so, minutes. It's fantastic. You've had oh, it, Oh, I've, I've purchased there about four times. We were having dinner there the other night, and I saw a friend of ours, and I said, this is a great restaurant. He said, yes, this is my 12th Friday in a row to eat here. <laughs> <laughs> now, but the star of the dinner last night wasn't the chicken in the feta brine, but rather it was a acorn squash casserole that Kara wow. made. And it was uh, cooked with Fontana cheese, uh, sage, onions, garlic, cream and butter, and, and covered in cheese and really, really good. I'd never had acorn squash casserole, but hmm. it was a good one. She said she saw a recipe somewhere on the Internet, gave it a try, and it was outrageous. Delicious. Delish. Now, Carol, I see you've had a summer supper on your courtyard. I guess you're calling it a, a, a season, huh? I, you know, we had a late summer lunch on the porch at Go Away Lodge, where we live, and mm-hmm. overlooking the lake. And I also found a recipe on the Internet that looked good and fast. And mm. it was a um, gnocchi... A crispy gnocchi with garlic shrimp. And I just happened to have some gnocchi. I just happened to have Mm -hmm. some shrimp. It was absolutely uh, delicious. And, you know, whether you say gnocchi or the correct, it's supposed to be gnocchi. And tell us what a gnocchi is, Carol. Gnocchi, G-N-O-C-C-H-I, Italian. It is a potato dumpling. Mm Mm-hmm. Little bitty, about half inch, Joe, one inch square. About a little, little bit, little bit bigger than an almond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely uh, delicious. And you can buy pre-made gnocchi, mm-hmm. uh, either a shelf stable or in a refrigerated case at some of the better, uh, better supermarkets. Or you can make it, which I'm going to do this week. Uh, you. It's really simple ingredients. It's mashed potatoes, a little bit of flour, and a little bit of egg. And you roll it, you know, you roll it to about, it's Mm -hmm. like a cigar. Like a pencil. Yeah, about uh, a good cigar width. Gotcha. And Mm -hmm. then just, you know, chop it, pinch it off, and... uh, Pop it in some boiling water. And boil it. I I would love to hear from some people that... That make this. It's just, it, you know, it's just so delicious and it crisps up beautifully. Now so that was, and, but you need Yukon gold potatoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A very specific potato. Yeah, because of the starch content. Gotcha. All right. And that's an update on Noki's. That's an update on Noki. And then um, I had the joy and pleasure of spending last week in Vienna, Austria. I went to see one of our great Mississippians, William Garfield Walker, who is a young symphony conductor, uh, conduct concert over there. Mm. And, you know, it was just, it was a beautiful time of year. I felt lucky to get to do this and had some fantastic Food. I was going to say, surely you ate well. The, the pastry, Vienna sausages, uh, <laughs> the the pastry capital of the world. It is indeed, arguably, it is indeed, and uh, you know, one of the great Viennese specialties is. 
apple strudel. And I know your wife can do a mean strudel. I know she's Armenian, but right. you might think she's Viennese from the way she can make and a strudel. And she sent you a, a bit of strudel this morning for your breakfast. I wasn't it's in gonna, your bag. I wasn't going to say that. Joe's all right. Joe's That's sitting right. next I, to my bag. I, 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 I was wondering what that was. I knew it wasn't a, birth, <laughs> I knew it wasn't a birthday gift. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Joe gets called in at the last minute and gets nothing. That's he okay. He gets nothing. But, you know, uh, the Austrian cuisine is built around a lot of meats. And you think about... Uh, you know, Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzels. And then Toffelspitz, which is, what is a that? boiled meat. And then lots of lots of sausages and um, hot dogs. And then the other end, these delightful pastries. But the most interesting thing I did with William, we drove on Sunday to the, to the wine area right outside of Vienna. And I had storm... S-T-U-R-M, Storm. And that is the first juice that comes off the grapes. Uh, You know, when they're they're picking the grapes for wine, it's the harvest, and it looks kind of like a hazy, unfiltered beer. But it's the grape juice that's beginning to ferment on its way to becoming wine, and it's the way they celebrate Hmm. celebrate the harvest and um, so we drank a little storm. You drank? Oh yes. <laughs> Just changing. Make sure I heard that and, right. And one thing thing we learned is the the Austrian phrase when you drink, you know, to say cheers to somebody, it's prost. Prost. But yes. you cannot say prost over storm because the the priest hasn't blessed it yet. Oh, the priest boy. doesn't bless it, bless it till it becomes wine. Oh. So William was going prose, and the waiter said, no, <laughs> night. <laughs> wow. Well, see, you learn something every time yeah, you right. tune in to Deep South Dining. Right. Yeah. Mary yeah. Pryor started following, following him when he went to Vienna. Vienna. So she started, she's been following him for a while. So. Yeah, and, I, and I, it, it would be great if other people follow William Garfield Walker. Oh. Internet, Facebook, Instagram. It's about a 30-year-old Jacksonian, Jackson Public School product who's gone gone on to you know to great things awesome. and if you can make it in vienna as a musician you can make it anywhere that is correct change all right we've got a caller a fletch is calling us from ridgeland i believe it's a long way up there hey fletch what's up good morning hope y'all are doing well doing well yes uh, had, a, had a comment about uh the robert johnson song Y'all played and one. It was my understanding he he died from poisoning, but you know the the, the mysteries uh, are probably ever evolving. Um, since that is a food related, and since the answer to this trigger question is food related, I was going to see if y'all knew. Um, do y'all know which major rock act that's still going covered Hot Somali and the Red Hots uh, in uh, nineteen ninety one? Eric Clapton. No. Led Zeppelin. No. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, red Hot Chili Peppers. Was that Java? Yeah. Of course it is. Yes, sir. The music man. <laughs> uh, the last song on their uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic album, I think it was 1991, Robert Johnson. Excellent. Wow. Well, Fletch, thanks a million. That's great trivia question. Well, and Fletch, you, you do bring up a good point to the mystery around Robert Johnson. There are three Robert Johnson graves 
And uh, when Joe Sherman and I were working in Greenwood, that was you know a great place to go. Was out to Little Zion Church to one of Robert Johnson's three graves, where people came from all over the world to leave guitar picks and bottles of uh, bottles of liquor. We believe that was that's the original. The the only man to die in triplicate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's dead again. <laughs> but thanks, Fletch. We appreciate you listening and calling with that uh, trivia. That was and really have good. a hot tamale. Today. Have a hot have tamale. Some yeah. hot tamales. All right, we got uh, Jeremy calling in from Mobile, Alabama. Hello, Jeremy. What's up? Uh, good morning, guys. Um, I just uh, a couple of pro tips on Yoki. Um, so it's it's worth the uh, the time, effort, and energy to source out a a decent little um, you know kitchen supply store. Go spend the five dollars to get that little wooden uh, little paddle to actually roll them on. So you're not right. fighting with the back of the fork. But one of the best things I've ever done with with the stuff after you have it prepared, rested, ready to go, brown butter, just prime and brown butter, and you know sun dried mm. tomato pesto and some fresh herbs. Just the best thing. Goat cheese on top. You just it, it's like candy. And you'll get you'll make yourself sick just eating that stuff. It's so Jeremy, you should good. see the faces around this table. We're all going, oh yum. Yeah, it's like yeah. uh Pavlov's dogs. We're all salivating <laughs> and we appreciate that tip. That's you know, yeah, someone asked other, Go ahead. But we appreciate yeah. you listening and calling and that's a, a great um way to prepare the Nokis. Uh and a good tip on the uh, piece of gear, Carol. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm just. I'm just looking it up. And Joe, I think we used to sell these at, at Viking. It's like a little ridged paddle, a okay. little small, right. small paddle. Now you can do it without it, just you know, rolling sure. it by sure, hand. Sure. But this this gives it the the uh, spiral, the texture. It gives it the little something extra. Well, we want to uh, shout out uh, to Enrica Williams, uh, Chef Enrica, for sitting in last week. But also she has an upcoming dinner, Java, on October 13th. I think you have a little more info on the dinner. Is that right? Yeah, it's a dinner October 13th. It's uh, called Native Tongues. Um, if you follow her on Instagram or follow her around, then you know where that kind of comes from. But it's going to be at the Orchid, um, which is downtown Jackson, a, a nice bread uh, bread and breakfast, a bed, <laughs> the Orchid bed and breakfast. And uh, she explained it if you want to go listen to the podcast um, of last week's show. But uh, it's going to be a seven course meal. And, you know, if you've eaten Enrica's food or if you ever wanted to try, this is a great, a great uh, chance to do that. So, yeah, October 13th at the Orchard Bed and Breakfast in Rica. She's going to be doing another one of her famous dinners. Now, also, our great buddy, the tiny chef, Sims Powell, uh, did a demo at the Magnolia Sunset Market this past Saturday. Now, were you there? Yeah, John? I was. Okay. Yeah, I was there. And uh, I just have to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it. Uh, Tiny Chef Sims, as he is on Instagram, um, Sims Powell. This is a, a, a young superstar. If you see him out uh, doing some things when it comes to food, go and participate. He was in his um, Filipino bag on uh, Saturday and he made some I'm going to butcher these names, but please forgive me. Uh, Turon, which is like a banana uh, lumpia with caramel. And then he also made some sticky rice balls. Um, Kerikoka. 
I know I said that wrong, but well, there's no one in this room that can no, correct. We're not, we're not correct you. <laughs> but it was all it was all good. And uh, uh, shout out to Tiny Chef Sims. He was doing a nice jackfruit um, demonstration. And like I said, this is a young superstar in the making. And uh, if you see him out, uh, go and support him. Yes, he they, just turned 13 years old. Wow. Yeah, and he's been. He's been cooking for uh, a long time, and he cooks at the highest level, but uh, he has Filipino heritage. He does, yes. And that, that makes a lot of sense that he's studying the cuisine of his heritage. So keep your eyes and ears and your um, taste buds attuned to Sims Powell, the tiny chef Sims, and also uh, keep on following Enrica. Williams, happy to be with you on this Monday morning. If you listen to us on Sunday mornings, our rebroadcast, we appreciate that as well. Uh, we are proud to be available by podcast live on Mondays and rebroadcast on Sundays at 9 a.m. in the morning, the same as on Monday. So, Joe, yes, sir. You, you've been on a little trip and you've come to share. Well, yeah, it was a great weekend celebrating uh, Mona Nicholas's birthday. And uh, we we had a great time. We went to Greenwood and uh, stayed at the Alluvian, and we participated in a wonderful cooking class. Uh, we had uh, whole ribeye, silk pie, cauliflower rice, <laughs> and spinach madeleine. Now, the hardest part of that that whole class for me was trying to cut the whole ribeye into four ribeyes. <laughs> I didn't exactly. Oh, so he the, butchered as as well as yes, cooked. Yes, it was. We, we, they gave us so, a whole. So you prepared this meal. Yes, for yeah. well for, for Mona and her guests. Well, there was twelve of us, and each and we said we were divided into three teams of four, and each one of us prepared a ribeye. Each one of those dishes for our for our group. Okay, and everybody got to you know eat. It was phenomenal, Paul. Uh, he's a choir director at the Catholic Church. He can sing out of this world. We made him sing uh, "Summertime" for us. But anyway, he was great. Uh, it was wonderful. He was, he was your cooking teacher. He, he, he took Leanne's place because Leanne Galt, one of our uh, cooking and coping uh, heroes, uh, she her niece was on the homecoming court. So she inter- she introduced Paul, spoke to us, and psh, off to woo, the football field, baby. Well, it's the season. <laughs> it is the season. Well, just a couple of, of things here. Uh, first of all, many of our listeners will know Mona Nicholas as the executive director of the International right. Ballet Competition. Exactly. And she is she is a young thing. We won't tell how what birthday this was. No, we won't. I thought she was fifteen years younger. Than what she actually is. Well, she's young. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> so. uh, she is indeed. And um, you know, it bring it just really brings up the the topic of so many great places you can go, not just in Mississippi, but like we went to the biscuit class in a small town in Alabama. Mm-hmm. There's some great things happening in in small towns. That that the cooking school at the Alluvian, the Viking Cooking School, had two classes going on that night. And when we left the next morning, there were two classes going on in the morning, and they had two more classes Saturday night. So and people come from from all, all over, every, everywhere. from all over to stay at the Alluvian, Th- which they is told a first us class that the hotel. Number one city that people come from is Little Rock, hmm. which I thought was. Yes. Totally off the What, wall. about four hours? Yeah, three I guess, or four, yeah. Three or four yeah. hours um, away, but 
They stay at the beautiful Alluvian Hotel. That's go right. to go to cooking classes and, and go to the great restaurants. So all we, formerly managed by Carol Palmer. That's right. That's yeah. right. So we had uh, breakfast in the on the fourth floor. Had the Alluvian breakfast, and my my uh, passion for the food is the uh, scones, and they were delicious. So we were getting ready to leave. Head to Cleveland to go to the Grammy Museum. And somebody said, where are we going to go for lunch? So we were looking for places, and somebody said, well, what about the bread and butter? I said, what's the bread and butter? Just straight down Howard Street. Walk out the Alluvian, take a right, and just keep on walking till you see a sign that says bread and butter. Well, we go in there, and there's, you know, very little, very little decor. Now, they did have a... Uh, like a baker's rack full of kombucha, which I found out about later. But we ordered kombucha. 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 Okay, that's exactly. Joe, what... you were scared of kombucha. Well, I, I didn't know what it was. So, but a, <laughs> but a customer that came in after us explained it very well. I mean, he went on and told us the correct. So this was home brew. Yeah, it was definitely home brew. It was definitely home brew. So sounds like the stuff you drink in Vienna, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah, it sounds like like a storm. But uh, I'm a big kombucha fan. So. So this, the, yeah. if you walked in there, you'd say uh, maybe the food was phenomenal. The food was phenomenal. The chef is Valour Taylor. She's a vegan. Uh, they sell tons of pizzas, but we ordered. It was kind of our uh, our early lunch, so I ordered a avocado toast salad. It was phenomenal. Avocados, spinach, uh, tomatoes. A fried egg, and it was had balsamic vinaigrette and uh, chili oil. This and is chili. why you're here today, because I right, saw right. a picture it, of it, a picture of that. It was great. On, on Facebook Pryor, last Mary night. Mary had fried eggplant. Mona had uh, uh, egg salad sandwich, and and uh, uh, Chris had a. Uh, I think a, a turkey uh, sandwich, and the food was it was really really good. And she came out and spoke to us, and I said, "Now that salad had chili uh, uh, crisps on it, didn't?" She said, "You know what? You could put chili crisp on a shoe sole, and it'd be good." I said, "I believe you, Henry. I, I, be- I believe you, Valor." But she was, I went then I went back in the kitchen again. She came out to the table. I went back into the kitchen and I talked to her and told her what a great place it was and how much we enjoyed it. And we would tell people about it, and so. Then we headed to Cleveland to the Grammy Museum, and uh, we kind of got sidetracked. So we found the bar before we found the Grammy Museum. So we, sat around, <laughs> so we sat around and uh, went to dinner that night. At uh, we went to Crawdads in Marigold, and uh, after we then the food there was great. It just wasn't what I it was completely different than I expected. It was a, now it had been a while since you've been there. Well. Chris suggested it, and he said, I said, let's go. And then the next morning, we're talking about it. I said, well, it was really good. They said, so what would you think? I said, well, he said, well, I hadn't been there in 10 years. I went, well, things changed in 10 years. But the food was really, really good. And we were afraid because our table was the last table in the row before the band. Right. And they were tuning up, and I went, oh, God, I don't know. If, I mean, I love music, but I don't want to be sitting right in front of the bandstand. Joe, it's a Delta thing. I mean, I, the tangents and I, all these great bands play, used to play at Crawdads, and I'm sure they're a new generation I, I, of I bands. Love, that's okay. I loved being in a band myself. But it was fun. It was, But the food was great. Uh, Went back to the hotel, got up yesterday morning, had breakfast downstairs, and then went to the Grammy Museum, which if you've never been to the Grammy Museum, 
It's a it is a treasure that the state of Mississippi and the Mississippi Delta own. It is unbelievable. I, I could have stayed there all day. I tried to record a song, but I obviously didn't know how to do it. So I'll have to go back and try it again. Yeah. <laughs> now, you left out one of one of your uh, adventures. Oh. You attended the Greenwood Homecoming. Uh, the Greenwood, LaFleur County had homecoming, had homecoming parade. parade, went right down Howard Street, right uh-huh. in front of the Illuvian. And I'm going to tell you, they were having the best time. But the best thing about the whole parade was when the car came by and said, Mr. and Mrs. Fourth Grade. And I <laughs> said, you know, we have arrived. Mr. and Mrs. Fourth Grade. And I felt sorry for first, second, and third, and fifth. I never saw any brother grades come by. <laughs> so it was, but it was hilarious. They, they were having, the drum line was phenomenal. Uh, Chris, mm. um, taped it, uh, videoed it, because he's a big drummer. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a big percussionist. But it was a great weekend. Fantastic. So the Bread and Butter Shop in Greenwood is is recommended by Joe Sherman. Yeah, yes, indeed. Valor Taylor, she she's great. Uh, she's thinking about opening uh, for dinner, but she hadn't, you know, she's, she's working on it. Yeah, it's just amazing that Greenwood has such a great food community. I mean, one of my favorite chefs in the whole world, Taylor Bowen oh, Richards, yes. is there, you know, with Fan and Johnny's to have the Luvian and the cooking school. And I do have a question for Java. And that is, since you are so important now, mm. does that mean you cannot go on field trips, road <laughs> trips? Because I'm feeling one coming up to Greenwood to the bread and Man, butter. it would be worth it. No, I, I'm not chained down. I'm, <laughs> I'm field trip. The only, the only change is I don't have to get as many uh uh, sign, signatures on my permission slip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can now authorize travel. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Yeah, so, yes, a Greenwood field trip would be in our future. <laughs> well, one of the things that interests me about uh, the lady that owns the bread and butter shop is, you know, she is, it is an African-American business. She got, uh, you know, one of these grants, I think it was during covid uh, for African American business businesses, female owned, wasn't it? Yeah, a grant for, for female female, female owned businesses. Mm-hmm. She and, makes she makes her own bread. And well, gosh, <laughs> but anyway, it's just the kind of story we like. And she was so nice, and I think she was so appreciative that you know we were raving about her food, and uh, we told her we'd be back. Well, she started during the pandemic, and if she can make it through exactly. the pandemic. Um, but Java, you, you put, put it on the list, Java. <clears throat> Fall is in the air. It uh, is October 1, after all. And we thought we might chat a little bit about foods and flavors of, of autumn and the fall. And one on my list, uh, folks, is uh, the pot pie, which is synonymous with fall. According to history, it was 1951 when the first frozen pot pie was created by the Swanson Company, and it was made with chicken. The pot pie used to be made in an actual pot lined with a crust, but the crust was really never eaten in the earliest of days. It was just meant to keep the filling from tasting like iron pot. Two of the earliest recipes, uh, 1839, with the words pot pie in them, were actually made with fruit, like a fried pie, like apples or peaches. Wow. 
Uh, Malcolm, I grew up in the Swanson chicken pot pie era, and I believe I was probably in my 20s when I learned (laughs) that there was other than a Swanson's chicken pot pie, truly one of the most delicious dishes one can make. It's as comforting as comforting food can be. And I do love a crust, and I do love to roll out a crust. Mm. And, you know, I can't believe that. Back in the day, they wouldn't eat the crust. That's the best part. I guess they just uh, were using it for different purposes and later discovered that it was uh, equally as yummy as the filling. But either way, uh, that's uh, kind of the history on the pot pie. And I love a pot pie. Uh, Kara makes a mean one. Uh, You know, sometimes she makes the dough crust. Sometimes she buys the frozen and it's phyllo and it's really good as well. Well, there you have it. Now, other uh, fall dishes that uh, we are focused on one of my absolute favorites is the coming of chili season now i love chili i am so glad you do and i'm looking forward to it for you but right now it's 90 degrees (laughs) and all we can do is look forward right that's true although it's october so tell me about your chili well i love to make chili uh with with chili meat Mm-hmm. pieces of inexpensive beef exactly. that are generally in a packet at the store. You can cut your own. You can take a uh, cut of meat and chop it all up and pound it up really nicely. And uh, some people use ground beef, which is cool. Uh, some people even make a white chili with chicken, which I also like. But uh, I like to take a packet of chili meat or stew meat and uh, pound it out and season it up really nicely and just add the vegetables, um, onion, garlic, peppers, you know, all the things that make chili, chili, tomatoes. Um, and, and I just love a big pot of boiling chili uh, on the stove. Uh, and, you know, I've read where you can use corn flour uh, to thicken to your thicken chili. It, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Well, I love a vegetarian chili. I love a bean chili, uh, a white bean chili or a red bean chili. Just, And it, I love the condiments. Oh, don't we love cornbread with chili? I mean, I no, love that. I like to put them out in the little bowls. Oh, oh the, the toppings. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the sour cream, green chopped onions. green onions, of the course. shredded cheese. What more is there? So, oh, 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 little Fritos. That's what yes. I was just about Fritos. to say, Carol. Little Fritos. <laughs> Some people might add cilantro. Cilantro might. might. They, they might. They Mary Pryor loves to make chili and Reg, uh, traditional chili and white bean chicken chili. Mm. I mean, it, love it. That's so. And I've looked on my sales chart that I keep, and it started turning cold last year. It was cold on October eighteenth last year. I do know really? that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Well, good. Well, there, here there's, ready. there's hope. Right after the fair. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Exactly. And, and there's always the universal question about chili, and it is a debate, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding this: beans or no beans in the chili. Beans. Joe, we're beans. Carol? Oh, all, always beans, but Malcolm, we have never shied away from controversy. Oh, no, no, no. We welcome it here on Deep South Dining. Java? <laughs> you got to have beans. That's right. Okay. So if there are any defenders of the <laughs> no beans in the chili, my brother, Hal, who was a great, you know, one-pot soup maker, no beans in the chili. Really? I love beans in the chili. Me too. But if there are defenders of the no beans in the chili, I mean, let's st- hear from st- you. Stand up for stand, yourself yeah, and your, and your for people. Yourself. <laughs> now, another uh, fall uh, one pot that I love, and I saw a great recipe online the other day while I was 
scanning about is Hungarian goulash. I love Hungarian goulash. Well, you should have come to Vienna. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> did you taste the Hungarian There's goulash? There's always some Hungarian goulash in, in Vienna, and they put this giant potato dumpling. And then, you know, I saw it on the menu Anoki? the first time, and it said Hungarian goulash with potato dumpling. I thought, hmm, little potato dumpling. This is the size of a baseball. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Floating about. It's, it's kind of plopped in there, but uh-huh. they have taters with their Hungarian well, goulash. I get it. All right, we've got Chico calling in from northeast Mississippi. He's We haven't heard from him in a while, and uh, I follow him closely on social media, and I know he's up to all manner of things, but he's got a – I can't really see what the question is because I can't see that far across the room. But what's up, Chico? I need some advice, y'all. Well, you came to the about, right place. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I need some advice about pot pie. There is a certain kind of pot pie that I've been trying to cook correctly since Jimmy Carter was president. Happy 99th birthday to the former president yesterday, by the way. Um, but there's a, I've always tried to cook a pot pot pie. <laughs> but I've never been able to get the, the results. Who, uh, who can help me out here? What about you, Joe? Not, not I. Believe me. That's out of my – out of my uh, – your bailiwick. Yeah, my bailiwick. <laughs> wheelhouse. It's not in his wheelhouse. Well, we'll, we'll do some. Um, do I think we'll do How research, do Malcolm. Well, I think research is the only thing we can say here. <laughs> you know, now that uh, the other pot is uh, legalized, I would think one could go to a dispensary and get pot supplement for a chicken pot pie. If one were so uh, motivated, of course you'd have to get well, your card in first. The pot, pot pie. Oh, the pot pot pie. Yeah, the chicken pot. pot well, you pie. know, you could chop a little parsley and chop a little uh, leaf and uh, combine them and throw them right in there and cook it down. And but be sure and tell. Don't forget to tell your guest because they may think that they've stepped off the planet and you know without knowing. But uh, interesting concept, chicken pot pot pie, Carol. Uh, uh, leave it to Chico. That's right. Always <laughs> on the edge. Well, Chico, thanks again, man, for uh, hanging in there with us, for listening and calling. And what else is going on up there? Oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to make someone's world a lot better tomorrow. Oh, great. We have um, uh, Elvis Presley and Mississippi Delta Blues fans in the state of Mississippi visiting here from Eastern Europe. Oh, okay. And they got in touch with me and, and wanted to have a tour of Pupilo tomorrow for the Elvis site. And I told them, I said, well, here's what's going to happen. At 10 a.m., when they unlock the door at Johnny's Drive-In, you're there. We'll be the yeah. Door. yeah, yeah. I'm taking these Eastern Europeans to having Johnny burgers. Of course you are. It's the right thing to do, and you're the right it's person the right to do it. So thank you for. I appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. So it's peanut season, Joe. I I don't know about you, but I've gone out and bought one of those huge. Uh, bags of green peanuts and dried them and I've roasted or parched some of them and I've boiled some of them and I've shared them around 
So y'all be careful. I might put a bag on you. Oh, oh, oh love yeah. Them. I think I did bring some. Did I not, Java? Yeah, Malcolm, you shared it with uh, next week. La- last week I did. Last week, yeah, me and Rika and uh, and yeah. Dale, because it was her first time, right, with boiled peanuts. Yeah, Dale yeah. had never uh, no. experienced the boiled peanuts. Oh, how peanut. wonderful to be able to introduce someone. Forgotten about that to the. Loveliness and deliciousness. And they're up and down the highway right now. You can stop on Highway 49 <laughs> for sure and get some. But Absolutely. Malcolm, I think you got yours at C&B Farms from C&B Farms in Crystal Springs. That is the source. C&B. You know, we read about this place last year. Uh, I think the Clarion Ledger did a story on it. That big peanuts. Nice big jumbo. And we tried to go down there and, and get some. It was during all of the flooding mm. last year and rain. Remember? Y'all rain, R A I N. Vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, what? Now, uh, Java's not a big boiled peanut eater, um, and, and he was. You know, some people are really uh, just not interested in that. I, I hear people online complaining about the boiled right. peanut, and are they from the south? Slimy and disgusting, and. Salty and I don't know. There seems to be a religion around uh, not eating the boiled I, I peanut. Would, I wouldn't call them all those words that you said, Malcolm. <laughs> I just I just said they were not my preferred snack. That's I got all. You. I got you. Now the peanut or the ground nut, or we call it the goober pea, uh, is a versatile crop, and everybody around has heard of all the wonderful things that George Washington Carver did with the nut. You know, they are sold raw, green, roasted in the shell and unshelled. I didn't put enough salt on my roasted ones. So they that are. That could be th- a big mistake. And I didn't know how, but I have since thought through it and decided that in my next batch, because I have a half a bag left, I'm going to wet the peanut and add salt to the shell and then roast it and hoping that the salt will attach itself. Now, here's a question mm-hmm. I have for mm-hmm. listeners How do you get the salt? to attach to the shell of your roasted or parched peanuts. Because you can't just pour it on there. It will not adhere. So something's got to be done in the cooking process to get the salt to hang on to the shell. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these beautiful salted roasted nuts. You know, so, this is this is a I deep, know, I see you scratching deep. your head over Well, there. it's deep. This is deep. Very this is for deep. roasted. You know about for, for roasted. roasted. For roasted. Boiling is easy. Yeah. You just throw yeah. the salt yeah. and the whatever spices you want in the water. But roasting to get the salt to attach to the shell. I don't know. I don't know. Let's hear let's hear from some peanut roasters. Hey, Mal, do you put peanuts in your Coca-Cola. I do. Uh, I, you know, growing up, we did that. We Lance. would take a bag of peanuts and pour it in a Barks Root Beer or Coca-Cola. Lance and, Peanuts. Lance. <laughs> Lance Peanuts. Right in the Look, it, there's... Uh, they, I grew up doing the that. The little on, packets. The little packs. You know, in a Coke, man. And it makes the, the soda bubble. That's right. Creates exactly. A, a science project is what happens when you pour them in there. And, you know, I think the reason... It started is because of the combination of sweet and salty, but mm. that's that's not and effervescent. Really yeah. So that, how did it start? Well, you know, Java said that the legend is it started with blue collar workers back in the twenties, and their hands were dirty, so they would put the nuts in their Coca Colas to 
have hands-free snacking. Absolutely. Right. Makes, make, that makes, makes all the sense, sense in the world. Kind of like the tamale. I, yeah. I did it kind just like because tamale. it was good. Yeah, well, you didn't know it was. <laughs> also, here's, um, Enrica last week said that um, it was like the first Red Bull or something. Like people would, workers would use that as like, you know, a, a nice a little. A stimulant. A wake up. Pick uh-huh. me up. That's right. She. I, I was trying to remember who said that. And you're right. It was Enrica who said that that was how she was introduced to mm-hmm. the uh, peanut in the uh, soda uh, soda bottle. Now, here are a few fun facts about the peanut. It takes, four, it takes 540 peanuts to make a 12-ounce jar of peanut butter. Oh, my gosh. Who knew? That is wow. a lot of peanuts. Who knew? Oh. Former President Bill Clinton says one of his favorite sandwiches is the peanut butter and banana. It's also reported to have been the favorite of Chico's, you know, Chico's idol, the king, Elvis Presley of Tupelo, Mississippi. Astronaut Alan Shepard brought a peanut with him to the moon. Why? Hmm. Just to, to bring a peanut to the moon. The same really? reason that the cat crossed the road. Because he could. Because he could. Oh, he's oh, oh, a chicken. Okay. <laughs> what, if, what if Alan Shepard took a chicken to the moon? <laughs> no. That... <laughs> you say we have a problem. Yeah, we do. The oh. average peanut farm is 100 acres. Now, I didn't know that. Carol? I don't know, Malcolm, mm. but uh, March is National Peanut Month, so we'll get to talk about this all Maybe over again. Maybe we could make a peanut the Grand Marshal of House St. Patty's Parade. That that would be a great idea. But I Mr. Know, Planners. Yeah. Exactly. Mr. Planner. Okay, are you guys crunchy or smooth? There, see, that's just like beans or no beans. Mm. I'm crunchy. I'm smooth. I'm crunchy. I'm smooth. I'm smooth. <gasps> well, let's so we need a tiebreaker. And we had a um, a comment about the no beans. Okay, and, and the chili um, from Amanda, who always uh, connects with us um, every every Monday. She she says no beans in the chili and a little sugar in the homemade cornbread. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, this okay. this past week I encountered a cornbread. I will. It will remain nameless where I had it. It was too sweet. There is a fine line between too much sugar and trying to make your cornbread a little sweet. And uh, there's another whole conversation. Uh, we got a caller here from, uh, I can't really tell from here. T.L. from the, the, Jackson. T.L.? T.L. from Jackson. Hello, T.L. What's up? Hello, hello. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I was on to add to your conversation about the peanuts. Please it's do. It's been my experience that if you're parching them, a real, if you're going to parch peanuts, they need to be dry. Dry, I mean dry. Yeah. And if they're real dry, and you put a solution of salt and water on them, the peanut would have actually absorbed the water. Okay. And, and then you roast the them? You roast and them after you, you soak them in the salt water? Right. You let them dry first. Okay. Before. Well, that was sort of what I was thinking, but I have no experience with this, so this I was about to... Give that try. We give that have a, try. a lot of people would buy them already dried. You can buy them like a 100-pound sack already dried, and then they would soak them in this solution, you know, salt, just salt water, yeah. and then dry them out again and then parch them, and then they sell them at ball games or whatever. Excellent. That is exactly the uh, information and, I was seeking. And we will report in and mm-hmm. tell you how Malcolm did. Yeah, <laughs> but on the green peanut side. Now, what's the difference a between a, a green peanut and a dry peanut? 
green peanuts just been dug. Freshly dug. Freshly dug. So it's green, and I mean... The and it's wet, moist. Green, the hull is green. Everything's green. And then you dry them. You put them out in the sun for a day or two and dry them, correct? Uh, I don't know how long it would take to dry a peanut. I know <laughs> the ones we get in, you know, already bagged up. Man, they dry. I'm talking about they dry. Ain't nothing you could do in a day or, or so. No. Well, no, I dried an entire half bag by putting them out on my deck on a sheet, and I left them two days in the sun, and it dried them. (laughs) I bet. (laughs) It did. Two days. Well, the sun that that we were having at the time, that probably worked pretty good. It's 115 (laughs) degrees. (laughs) It's very warm. But what I didn't do was, you know, put them in uh, salt water before I parched them. I'm going to do that next time, though, so you guys will stand by. And but see, they got to be dry first before they'll soak up the water in the salt. Okay. Man, that's great. Thank you so very much. So you, but boiling them, you boil a whole bag at one time, you put your box and a half of salt in it. Yep. Let it boil. It takes about four hours. I was going to say, it takes uh, a while. A lot of people use the crock pot nowadays. They put their peanuts in a crock pot and do it slow. But if you're boiling them out in your yard or in your kitchen, about, you say, four hours I think mine were a little undercooked, Java. Did, did you try any of them? I'm not giving you trouble. Yeah, here. no, I no, I tried them. Mine and weren't quite as soft as I like them, but some people like a little crunch. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yours were pretty okay to me because they had a little little crunch to them. They weren't so, soggy and sloppy. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of conversation okay. about how to treat your peanuts. <laughs> um, you know, here's something else I read. The best peanut butter and jelly. Oh, what is that sound? It's the end of the show. Our Uh-oh. show is over. Wow. Okay, well. We'll talk about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in National Peanut Month. There in the go. future. <laughs> Meanwhile, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We're funded by contributions from good folks like you, and we thank you. Our show is produced by the director of radio, Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Palmer, and our special guest, Joe Sherman, I'm Malcolm White, and I'm asking you to please stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And we ask that you please join us next Monday and Sunday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great day. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.